Welcome to Epiphany Brooklyn's podcast. I am Brandon Watts, lead pastor here at Epiph. Thanks so much for tuning in. Our desire is to join Jesus in his mission to redeem our city. May God bless you as you listen and consider subscribing so that you can tune in each week. Grace and peace. Come on, those of you who are at home, let's call on the name of Jesus. God has been good. God has been kind. He has been wonderful. Sit on down. Take a seat. Take a seat. It is good to be here. Good to be in the house of God. I was glad when they said unto me, let us weather through all of the snow and get here to the house of God. Uh, I'm grateful to see all of you and those of you who are at home. Uh, we are gra- glad that you were online hanging with us today. Can we just give some love to the worship team and to the band? Come on, y'all. Let's give them some love. Amen. I am certainly glad to be back uh, back here with you guys and glad to be back in, in church and back glad to be back before you in the pulpit. I was out last week, and uh, but you were in good hands. Can we thank God for Pastor Wesley Johnson and held it down last week, but I'm so eager to preach the word and excited about the word of God. So let's just go ahead and do it. Grab your Bibles, grab your devices. Who actually has a Bible with them today? Let's see. Let's see. Anybody, anybody, anybody. I see a few Bibles. All right. Who got their phones? Put the phones up. Let me see the phones. All right. All right. Go to Mark, the second book of the New Testament, the book of Mark. Y'all all right today? Listen, I know it's snowy and rainy outside, but there should be joy in this room. And um, we, we, this is not the place that we come and be quiet. You know, there's so many, there's not, there's not the library. Uh, it's not, a, it's not a, a train car where you sit down and you just got to be quiet. This is the place where we can come up and lift up the name of our, our great God and our great King in the person of Jesus. Mark chapter 9 is where we're going to be today. As you turn there, uh, Gabe announced it, but I just want to double down on it that February 23rd, we are going back into our fourth Wednesday night prayer and Bible studies. Uh, what's up, Paul and Laura? Good to see y'all. We're going back into our uh, prayer and Bible studies, fourth Wednesday night prayer and Bible studies. We did one at the top of this year, which was connected to our fast, but we are going back into um, just a time of, of prayer, but also a time of getting into the Word of God. This uh, this week, it's in two weeks, but this week will be a little bit different where we're actually doing a panel, and uh, man, we got some great, great, great people. I'm going to hold it. I'm not going to tell you yet, but we got some great people that will be here uh, that are practitioners in the faith and and pastors and doctors that will be um, speaking on this topic, understanding spiritual warfare. And uh, I'm convinced, those of you who are at home, I'm convinced that uh, many of us don't realize how much spiritual warfare we go through on a consistent basis. I don't think we, I don't think we've like really paid attention. We think, you know, stuff just happens. Nothing just happens. But a lot of times what we're going through and what we're dealing with and the heaviness of the season really is spiritual warfare. You know, I love the way Peter says it in 1 Peter 5, 8. He says, be sober-minded and watchful. For your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking who he may devour. He doesn't want to hurt you. He wants to devour you. He doesn't want to mess with you. He wants to kill you. And I think sometimes we, we don't take that serious enough or we don't pay attention to the spiritual rhythms. Um, play, Josh. I hear you, brother. We don't pay attention to the spiritual rhythms um, in our life. And so we're going to try to understand spiritual warfare. You know, there's a a pendulum swing that it's dangerous. You can swing the pendulum where everything is the devil. 
and none of it's your bad decisions. Everything is just the devil, and and then you can swing it to where you're not paying attention to spiritual warfare at all. So this night is going to be a great night for us. I really, 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 I mean, we're going to stream it, but I want to see everybody here at the building. I would love for this room to be filled up uh, from 7 to 7.30. We'll be praying. Those of you who get on your knees and pray or you want to sit down and pray. Uh, this concrete is a little hard, but, you know, bring a pillow and kneel and pray. Whatever you want to do, uh, I really want to see this room filled up so that we can all get together and then go through this, go through the content together. I think it's going to be good. So 7 p.m., February 23rd, mark your calendars, uh, 7 p.m. on the dot. We're going to have a good time. All right. Y'all good? All right. Just need a little talk back. Mark chapter 9. Uh, even at this moment, I'm contemplating if I should read all of this or if I should just jump in and then we'll read. Uh, let me read. It's a little lengthy, so just bear with me. Starting at verse number 2. It says this, and after six days, Jesus took with him Peter, James, and John and led them up a high mountain by themselves. It says, and he was transfigured before them and his clothes became radiant, intensely white as no one on earth could have bleached them. And there appeared to them Elijah and Moses, and they were talking with Jesus. And Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, it is good that we are here. Let us make three tents, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. For he did not know what to say, for they were terrified. Verse 7, and a cloud overshadowed them, and a voice came from the cloud. This is my beloved son. Listen to him. And suddenly... Looking around, they no longer saw anyone with them but Jesus alone. And as they were coming down the mountain, he charged them not to tell anyone what they had seen until the Son of Man had been risen from the dead. So they kept this matter to themselves, questioning, what is this rising from the dead might mean? Won't you jump down to verse 14? And when they had came to the disciples, they saw a great crowd around them, and the scribes underline this, arguing with them. And immediately all of the crowd, when they saw him, were greatly amazed and ran up to him and greeted him. And he asked, what are you arguing with them? What are you arguing about with them? And some, and someone from the crowd answered him, teacher, I brought my son to you, for he has a spirit that makes him mute. And when he is, when it, whenever it seizes him, it throws him down and he foams and grinds his teeth and becomes rigid. So I asked your disciples to cast him out, and they were not able. And he answered them, O faithless generation, how long am I to be with you? How long am I to bear with you? Bring him to me. And they brought the boy to him. And when the spirit saw him, meaning Jesus, immediately it convulsed the boy. And he fell to the ground and rolled about, foaming at the mouth. And Jesus asked the father, how long has he been? How long has he been happening? How long has this been happening to him? And he said, from childhood. And it is often cast him into the fire and into the water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus said to him, I love Jesus, he's a little shady right here. If you can, all things are possible for the one who believes. Immediately, the father of the child cried out and said, I believe. Help my unbelief. Can I read that again? I just want you to underline that. He says, immediately the father cried out and said, I believe, help my unbelief. 
And when Jesus saw the crowd running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying, You mute, deaf spirit, come, I command you, come out of him and never enter him again. And after crying out and convulsing him terribly, it came out. And the boy was like a corpse, so that most of them said, He is dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up. And he arose. And when he had entered into the house, the disciples asked him privately, Why could we not cast it out? And he said to them, This kind cannot be driven out by anything but prayer. I want to preach today from the topic entitled The Ups and Downs of Life. The Ups and Downs of Life. Let's, uh, let's look to the Lord before we dig in. Uh, Lord, would you meet us this week as we dig into your word? Open our eyes that we may behold the wondrous things out of your law. Father, we, we, we've, we got here. We, we made it through the snow and some of us had that surcharge with that Uber, but we paid it anyway because we wanted to be among the brothers and sisters in Christ and we wanted to sit and hear from you. So, Father, may our gathering not be in vain. May we talk about Jesus. May we hear about Jesus. May he transform our lives. Same way he does this young boy in this text. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. The uh, ups and downs of life. When I was a sophomore in, in high school, uh, my mother got into a really bad car accident. She was healthy all her life. I, I, I honestly don't even remember my, my mother even having a cold. She was, she was just always healthy. She got into a really bad car accident one day when she was coming home from work. And um, there was a truck that was coming on the oncoming tra uh, traffic and it hit a car. And that car uh, ran over into her lane and she went head on in collision with the car. And so she braced herself. And embracing herself, and when her car uh, collided, it, it, it pushed the front end to where her femur bone, that's this long bone here, it, her femur bone went up into her pelvis and completely shattered her pelvis bone. And I remember getting a call from the hospital. I, I was actually the one that picked up the phone, and I remember rushing to the hospital, and they saying, we have to, we have to do surgery. We have to do some reconstructive surgery on, on, on her pelvis, uh, pelvis, and we have to put a plate in there, and they begin to explain all this stuff, and then they took her into surgery. And after surgery, we went into the room, something called like the ICU recovery room. Y'all ever been in that room? It's cold, it's dark, it's quiet. It just, it just it feels eerie. It, it feels like death. And I remember walking into that cold, dark room and looking at my mother laying on the table with tubes in her mouth and tubes in her nose and Something was helping her chest go. And I just remember looking at all of this equipment. And you know how you feel in those moments. I'm a sophomore in high school. I, I felt heavy. But as I began to scan the room and look around the room, I saw something called a heart monitor. Y'all ever seen a heart monitor where it's just going boop, 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 boop? And if she's not responding and, and she, she's kind of recovering from the surgery and she's sedated. But there was something that showed me that life was still happening. This machine that was going up. And down, up and down. And in many ways, that kind of represents our lives. That represents our spiritual lives. Our spiritual lives and your lives in general are filled with ups and downs. And, and many times we get so worried and we get so confused when we're at the point where we are down. But this, this idea of up and down is actually a healthy sign of life. Because you really got to worry when you see this. 
When you see a flat line, that's when you got to worry. And I would say the same is true for your life when, when everything seems to always be good and you never have any hard days and you never have sleepless nights and everything is always peachy, peachy cream and everything is always going well. That is when we have to worry. But I think that God uses the sanctification process of ups and downs, ups and downs. And the reality is so many people have not normalized this idea of ups and downs, especially those who have trusted in Jesus. We trust Jesus and assume that every day is sunny days. We trust Jesus and and, and we assume that every day is a good day, but in reality, every day is not a good day. And so many people have left the faith because they don't have a theology for ups and downs, ups and downs. And it is, I want to normalize it this morning. I I want to normalize this idea that you'll have high moments in life, but you'll also have low moments. I want to normalize this idea that you'll have moments in your spiritual walk where you will feel close to God, Chris, and then there are moments where he feels far away. There are moments where you will be spiritually disciplined and you will wake up at six o'clock in the morning for a whole week straight and you will pray and you will call somebody for discipleship. And then there are moments where you are ready to throw it all away. David had these experiences where he feels close to God, but then there are moments where he feels far from God. And so our walk is filled with ups and downs. And the danger is to believe that you trust Jesus and everything is climactic and every moment is a good moment. But the reality is your life looks like the heart monitor machine in the ICU recovery room of my mother's recovery room where it's ups and downs, ups and downs. And here's what God is calling every one of us to faithfulness in all seasons. Can somebody say that? Y'all not talk. Somebody say faithfulness in all seasons. That means faithfulness when you are up, when everything seems to be going well, and it doesn't seem like there's, there's any issues in life. Faithfulness there, but how many know God also wants faithfulness when you were down, when everything seems to be going crazy, and it seems like hell is breaking loose in the house, and everything's going crazy at work. We still need to remain faithful. In fact, Paul will say it this way in 1 Corinthians 15, uh, verse 58, be steadfast and unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your work in the Lord is not in vain. That means God wants you to be steadfast and unmovable in this season, but he also wants it in this season. God wants us to be faithful in the ups and downs of life. And so we arrive at a passage here in Mark chapter 9, where the disciples are having two different experiences. I don't know if you picked it up, but in the first part of this passage, the disciples are up. Geographically, the Bible says they went up high into a mountain, but they're also receiving a spiritual moment, a deeply spiritual moment right now called the the Mount of Transfiguration. But then verse 14 takes a turn and it goes down. I think geographically they they went down from the mountain, but also spiritually there are some things happening. You have an up and you have a down. Tell me Mark chapter 9 doesn't represent our lives. At the same time, there's a father in this passage that his faith is being challenged. There's a father, an honest father in this passage where he is experiencing a low moment. So I think what we can understand in this text is what do we do in these low moments? Let's first look at the high moment. Verse number two said that Peter, James, and John, they go up to this high mountain. It says the Mount Transfiguration, verse three, and Jesus' clothes became radiant, intensely white, as no one on the earth could bleach them. And And he appeared uh, before them, Elijah and Moses, and they were talking to Jesus. And and Peter said, Rabbi, let us build three houses. And the Bible says, 
that there's a cloud that hovers them. I don't know if you're picking all this up. Verse 7, and a voice speaks, which is God, says, this is my son. Listen to him at the first part of this passage. It just seems and it appears to me that Peter, James, and John are experiencing a deep spiritual moment, a high spiritual moment. This moment is called transfiguration, where Jesus is there and his clothes turn white. The Bible says so white that there wasn't even bleach in the world that could bleach them that white. Not not only that, but Elijah and Moses are there. This is dope. Elijah and Moses have been dead for years, decades, centuries. In fact, uh, 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 Moses died back in in, in Deuteronomy 34, Elijah died in 2 Kings chapter 2. In fact, Elijah doesn't even die. The Bible says he's walking with Elijah and he just gets vacuumed up into heaven. You know, we don't even know where his, his body is. He just gets, he doesn't get a funeral. He just gets swept up into heaven. But both of these men, these Old Testament figures now show up on this mountain called the Mount of Transfiguration which is so dope because both of them have experienced God in the Old Testament on a mountain, but here you are in the New Testament, and they're now experiencing God in the flesh on a mountain. They're all there. Peter, James, and John are like, we got to do something. Let's build, build them some tents, and, and they, don't, they don't do that, but they say let's build some tents. The Bible says a cloud is hovering over them, and that there's an audible voice that speaks. First of all, every time the Bible says that God speaks. I always imagine like this James Earl Jones voice. I know some of y'all thinking Morgan Freeman, but I think Joe Clark when I think Morgan Freeman's voice, but I just imagine this deep voice. This is my son, and I don't know if that's deep enough, but think God deep. Listen to him is what the, this voice says. This is a deep spiritual moment. These are the rare moments in life that you are going through life and everything seems to be going well where you feel close to God. Anybody ever had that moment where you just feel close to God and you feel like you pray and God, before you finish the prayer, he dropped the answer down. You ever been reading your Bible and it's just, you found something profound in the Bible. You ever been walking through discipleship and you feel like you were overcoming sin and overcoming addiction. We always have these moments, if you live long enough, where we will experience God in a deep way. But those deep moments always give way to harder moments. See, the prosperity gospel won't preach this. The prosperity gospel will say, listen, man, every moment is a Mount of Transfiguration moment. Every moment you will experience this deep, mystical moment. And I will agree that you will have moments where you feel connected to God. But I want to set you up right and set the expectation. Josh, sometimes we have moments where we don't feel like God. You know, David had those moments. You know, the Bible says that David kills ten thousands. Watch how spiritual he is. He's able to kill Goliath. You know how much much confidence he had? He kills bears and lions with his hands, but this is the same David that was weak. This is the same David that was hiding in a cave. There are ups and downs in David's life. Read the Psalms. I say this all the time. You can see David's ups and downs throughout the Psalms. Paul had these moments. Bible tells me that Paul went around in the New Testament planting churches and He was so powerful that he was seeing demons flee. There was a point where you could touch his apron and and you would be healed. Like these are deep moments that Paul had, but Paul was also in prison. In fact, you get four prison. He wrote four letters from prison, ups and downs. Jesus, our Lord and Savior, had moments of ups and downs. This is Jesus that was healing the sick. 
This is Jesus that looked inside of a tomb and told Lazarus to get up. Like he was taking an afternoon Sunday nap. This is that Jesus, but that Jesus also had moments in the Garden of Gethsemane. That that Jesus also had moments where he sat on a cross. And I really want to set the expectation in the room because you don't know how many people leave the church, leave God, walk away from fellowship simply because they had a down moment. But when I tell you that's so normal in the Christian life, it's filled with ups. And it is filled with downs. And so the Bible says that they're all on this Mount of Transfiguration. Not all of them, but Peter, James, and John. And they see something deep happening, but that gives way to a down moment. Let's compare this moment. Don't forget, Jesus' clothes are radiant white. Don't forget, Elijah and Moses are there. Don't forget, there's a cloud that's hovering. Don't forget that God is speaking out with an audible voice, and that gives way to something down. Look at verse 14. Verse 14 says... And when they came to the disciples, they saw a great crowd around them and the scribes, don't miss this, arguing with them. Jump to verse 16. Verse 16 says, and he asked them, this is Jesus, what are you arguing with them about? Wait a minute. They were just on the mountain. Wait a minute. They were, they were literally in the presence of, 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 of Jesus transforming. They were literally listening to the audible voice of God. How do you go from listening to the audible voice of God to the arguments of people like that? And what happens is all of us want to stay within verses 1 through 13, but some of you walked in today and you're in verse 14 and 16 where it's chaos and it's it's arguments around us where everybody is big mad. That's what they are in the text. There are two divergent experiences here. The disciples on top of the mountain were experiencing Elijah and, and Moses and God's audible voice and Jesus, God in the flesh. And here they are with the scribes and, and people arguing and demonic influence. Oh, y'all missed that. The Bible tells me that there's a boy that's possessed by a demon. And so there is spiritual warfare even happening in the text, but you saw them up top first and then they immediately went down. And this is why I say you should expect down moments. Ask me why. Somebody say, why B? Why, why B? Come on. I'll tell you why. Because we live in a fallen world. And you can see the fallenness of the world by simply looking at the text in front of us. The crowd is arguing. That's a direct result of a fallen world. Think about Adam and Eve. Soon as Adam fell, the first thing he did was argue and said, the woman you gave me. It's the first thing he did. The first argument, you don't get out of Genesis 3 until you see an argument. The first argument is this woman. That's what Adam says. And so here you have it in the text. That's a direct result of the fall. What else is happening? There's a demon-possessed boy. I talked about spiritual warfare, and we're going to be talking about that in a couple of weeks. This is spiritual warfare. 50 to 60% of what you go through is spiritual warfare. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12, for we don't wrestle against flesh and blood but against principalities, against powers, against rulers and darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places, the fallenness of this world. This is why you can expect low moments. Can I just say it's not just the fact that you're in the presence of sin, but you can also expect low moments because we got sin in us. Y'all know it was coming. Every week I'm going to tell you you're a sinner. Y'all knew it was coming. And and so in this moment right now, they're experiencing arguments, but they're also experiencing demonic influence. What else are they experiencing? A helpless father. 
Father, that, that doesn't have the power and the wisdom or the knowledge of what to do with his son that has been demon-possessed, not for a few years, but he says, Jesus said, how long has he been like this? Since he was a child. And, and, this is, and it gets violent. Sometimes it throws him into the water. Sometimes it throws him into the fire. So I can imagine what he looks like. So what they are experiencing is a helpless father. And I, I would say a lot of times we experience the down moments because we lack control. You, you know we like control because we don't have control of the situation because I don't like what she said to me. I don't like what he said to me. And so sometimes the down moments are because not, not because, not because you have control, but because you have a lack thereof. So the Bible says that there's a helpless father. What, what else is happening in the text? The spiritual immaturity of the disciples. The ones that are at the bottom, not Peter, James, and John. They're on the Mount of Transfiguration, but the rest of the disciples the rest of them are all down below, and they're trying to cast out a demon that they can't cast out. Despite the fact, Chris, if you go back to Mark chapter 6, they actually were casting out demons in Mark 6. But here you have it that they come up against something that they're not mature enough for. That they, Jesus said it only comes out by prayer. I don't know if that means they weren't praying, but apparently they're not able to cast this out. These, this is the fallenness that is in the text. And so when I say you'll have ups and downs, you should expect it because you live in a fallen world, you should expect it because we are fallen people. I love the way Job says it in Job 14, verse 1. Man who was born of a woman is a few days, and those few days are full of trouble. Can somebody put that in, 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 the, in the chat? Job 14, 1. Man who was born of a woman is only a few days, and those days are full of trouble. Do you know Job just says life is short and it's full of trouble? Why would we not expect down moments? Why would we not expect hardship? Why would we not expect pain? In this room, a couple of, uh, a couple of nights ago, we just had a funeral, our, our first funeral in this building. People were grieving and people were hurt and people were sad and wrestling with this moment that, that I would say is a down moment. We have those moments. But God expects from you faithfulness when you are up. Somebody saying faithfulness when you were down. Don't forget God when you're up, because that's the thing. We think that people only forget God when they're down, but there are some people that got successful and forgot God. There are some people that were on the mountain and forgot God. So they're on the mountain, and they're staying close to God. But as you get in the valley, you got to stay close to God. Is this making sense to anybody? So what you have happening in the text between verses 2 to verse 13 is a mountain moment. But what you have from verse 14 to verse 19 is a low moment. And you know what else is in the text? I told you the helpless father. The helpless father that is struggling with his faith. That's a low moment. This doesn't mean he's not a believer, but he's struggling. Well, what do I mean by that? Look at verse 20. It says, and they brought the boy to him, and when the spirit saw him, immediately it convulsed the boy, and he fell to the ground and rolled about, foaming at the mouth. And Jesus asked the father, how long has, he, how long has this been happening to him? And he said, from childhood. And it often cast him into the fire and into the water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us. And Jesus says, if you can, he says, all things are possible for the one who believes, immediately the father, cry, uh, father of the child cried out, I believe. Help my unbelief. Can y'all help me preach that? Somebody say, I believe. Help my unbelief. 
He, he, is not, he is not denouncing faith in Jesus here. But he has a momentary um, hesitation with trusting Jesus. He has a moment right here. If you notice the text, and really this is the up and down, I believe, but help my unbelief. What he has happening here is the father response is a confession of faith simultaneously with a cry for help. The, the confession of faith is, I believe. The cry for help is, but God help my unbelief. Anybody ever been there? Were you like, God, I believe, I trust in you. It, like, theologically, I trust in you. Academically, I trust in you. Like, I get it, but help my unbelief. There are some things that I've been praying for that you have not answered. Help my unbelief. There are some things that are making me think that you are not good. Help my unbelief. There are, there, there are some jobs that I applied for and you overlooked me. Help my unbelief. And oftentimes in those moments, we wrestle in our faith with God. And I just believe that somebody came in here today and they're at the low moment of help my unbelief. I just believe that that's somebody that's in this room. And I don't know, maybe you've been praying for healing of a loved one and God hasn't done it. And so you've questioned God, I believe, but help my unbelief. Maybe it's that the, the, the turmoil of that friendship or that relationship. Or that marriage, where you be like, I believe God, I, I trust you, but there are some things that I don't trust about you. He's admitting in this moment that I have a struggle of faith. Anybody ever been there? Okay, bump that. Let me ask it this way. Honest people, anybody there right now? There we go. That's what I'm talking about. Honest people will say, yes, I've had moments where I was up and I've had moments where I was down, but today I actually came in going, help my unbelief. Hey, help those areas that I'm struggling in. I've experienced the mountaintop moment, but right now I'm in a moment where I, I'm not really feeling you. I'm not really trusting you. Have you confessed that to God? You know he can take it, right? Like he can, he can take that level of honesty. He wants that level of honesty, but I would also say, don't just say it to him, but you got to have a brother or a sister that you are confessing that to. I'm mad at God. I'm not feeling God. I believe, but help my unbelief. Somebody just say that again. Help my unbelief. Someone came to church today and you are doubting God. Help my unbelief. Somebody came to church today and you are lacking faith. Help my unbelief. Somebody came to church today and you are ready to break away from God. Help my unbelief. Somebody came to church and you've fully given yourself over to that thing. You have fully given yourself over to sin. You have fully given yourself over to that addiction. Somebody's online right now and you have fully given yourself over to that thing. Help my unbelief. So, someone has lacked trust and faith in God, but you can trust again today. Help my unbelief. I believe that God is building up somebody's confident right now, somebody that is in the low moments and in the valley right now. I think God is building up their faith right now. Help my unbelief. And I, I want you to be steadfast. That, that's what I'm trying to get you to. I want you to be at the point where you are unmovable. I want you to be at the point where you're not swayed by circumstances. Do you know how many circumstances sway us? We used to trust in God. And we used to walk faithfully to him. We used to commit ourselves to church. Now we come once a month. You know, we, we, we used to commit ourselves to the act of service. But now we don't serve. I'm not talking to church. I'm just saying your lifestyle of service. 
We, we, we used to do all of these things where we were growing in our faith, but something happened, a circumstance swayed our belief. But I believe today God is helping somebody's unbelief. I believe that today somebody is getting built back up in the faith. I believe that somebody is moving from the low points of life and moving back up. Who is it today that would say, I believe, but I need you to help my unbelief. Who is it that is sitting in the ICU room with me and you're seeing the heart monitor go boop, boop? Who is it? God wants to redeem it. God wants to do something with it. Every moment is not going to be a moment of transfiguration. You're going to have arguments. You're going to have tension. You're going to have moments where you don't believe. You're going to have moments where you don't trust. You're going to have moments where you're not fully dependent on the Lord. But I would caution you and urge you, don't stay there. You ain't got to stay there. You serve a God that loves you and wants you and desires to be in relationship with you. I believe, but help my unbelief. Every head bow and every eye close. Somebody came to church today, and you don't know why you came. You, you honestly was like, oh, I really, this is not the day. Somebody, somebody jumped on today. You're, you're like, God, I'm really not feeling it today. I'm really not feeling the Lord today. I'm at that low moment. Or maybe you're at the high moment. And because you hit a season of success, you forgot about God. Either way. Paul's words ring true today. Be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. I was talking to Ashton earlier. Keep your, you can keep your eyes closed. I was talking to Ashton earlier today. I was, I was telling him, like, you know, honestly, the sign of maturity is when you hit high moments and low moments and you remain faithful. and You remain steadfast. You remain connected to the Lord. So many of us have been swayed by life. You know, that, that verse that talks about the soils and the one seed that went into the ground and it started to sprout up, but then the cares of life sucked it dry. Somebody's there today. And I simply want to pray for you. We're not going to be long. We're not going to be here all day, but I want to pray for you. Those of you who are in this room, but those of you who are online, I believe. But help my unbelief. Who is it that would say, that's me, I'm, I'm struggling. My, 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 faith is a little, my faith is a little shaky. I've had ups and downs, and in this moment, I came in and I'm down. Or I'm successful, and I feel like I don't need God. Who is it today? Can I see that hand? I'm not even going to call you up to the altar today. We'll, we'll pray. I see those hands. We'll, we'll, you can stay in your seat. God can meet you in your seat today. I see those hands. I see those hands. Father, I pray for everybody in this room and especially those that lifted up their hands. We thank you, oh God, for the balance of ups and downs. Somehow, some way, you, you use those seasons to sanctify us. You use those seasons to build up character. You use those seasons to build up perseverance and endurance. And somebody today, they, they've experienced you on the mountain. But somebody today came in and they're experiencing the verse 14 arguments and tension and chaos and unmet expectations and unanswered prayers. And Father, all of that, you know how to use. 
And the fact that you didn't answer it doesn't mean that you don't love us. Doesn't mean that you don't hear us. It actually means that you do love us and that you sift through all of our prayers and you only answer that which is according to your will. We thank you for the low moments. And we pray, oh God, that we would be a people that would never go through low moments and allow them to pull us away from you. But Father, in seasons of success, may we be connected to you. In seasons of, of drought, may we be connected to you. Some young lady that raised her hand today is crying out for you, for crying out for a consistent relationship with you. And although you are always consistent, we are not. So, Father, would you give us discipline? Would you give us self-control? Would you give us the endurance? Would you help us to think about you? So often we go through life and you're an afterthought. We only think about you when things are well, but Father, would you help us to think about you in all seasons? And use everything, oh God. Get the glory in all aspects of our life. But don't just get the glory, Father, I pray that somehow, some way, the low season would be good for me. Somehow, some way, the season of tension and turmoil would be good for me. And lastly, I just want to pray, oh God, for the belief in this room. Somebody is there where they believe in you, oh God, but they've struggled in their faith. But there's a confession of faith, but there was also a cry for help. I pray that you would answer that cry today. Just like the Father cried out to you. He knew who to bring it to. I pray, oh God, today that you would build somebody up for your glory and for your honor. It's in Jesus' name we give glory. Amen.